With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
God bless you tonight, amen, in Radio Land, and God bless, amen, my announcer tonight, amen, for bringing us on tonight, praise the Lord, uh, we are so grateful to be back on the air tonight, and as she stated, amen, tonight, amen, <clears throat> we are going to give you food for thought tonight, living a disciplined life. Amen. Living a disciplined life for Jesus Christ. We praise the Lord. We're just so happy. Amen. It's to be back with you once more. Amen. Again, thank God for covering us under his blood all day long and covering you under his blood that we can meet here once again. We're going, amen, to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 12 through 16. And First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four through twenty-seven. Second Timothy four six through eight. And as we read Philippians three twelve and sixteen, the twelfth verse says, "Not as though I have." Already obtained, either were already purchased, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, and I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before me. I press for the mark for the prize of a higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. And let us mind the same thing. First Corinthians verse chapter nine, twenty-four through twenty-seven. Know ye not that they which run in a race run is all. But one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that strive for masters uh, is tempted in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible. I therefore 
Tehran, not as uncertain. So I fight, I fight as not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest they by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself may be a castaway. Second Timothy 4, 6 and 8, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept I kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge should give me at that day. And not to me only but unto all of them also that loveth his appearance. Living a disciplined life. Apostle Paul is letting us know, amen, as being Christians, we must live a life of discipline. Under the power of God. Pastor Paul wrote a discipline in his body. But I keep under my body and I bring it unto subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. We find that in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. Evidence, recognizing the temporal, the nature of life on earth, the lasting value of eternity. Father, he saw in his life as a marathon rather than a spirit. He was into it for the long haul. And he intended to win the eternal prize by the grace of God. The long runner is the most important component of the marathon training because it teaches the body to be both mentally and physically. The challenging presents in complete the 26.2 miles. Psychologically, the body must learn to tap into the unity energy reserved from 
Stuart Sight. Through through long-running training. This body began to put on the the glucose, which the muscles increase. Through long training, if you don't build up this body physically and mentally, as you're running on this marathon, you're not going to make it. We, Paul, is using the analogy here of a runner. And letting us know tonight that we are in this race. But we must be fit to continue in this race. And as you, or those of you that know anything about being an athlete, you know, amen, the body goes through a dramatic change when you first start out. And when you get to that 26.2 miles, you go through all kinds of stress. You use muscles and you nerves that you didn't even think you had. But Paul was saying this. I have to discipline my body. I have to make my body be obedient. If I'm going to win this race, I got to bring my body onto subjection. Paul began to let us know tonight that it is very important for every believer that is running this race as a Christian. They must bring their body and their mind under subjection unto the will of God. Men and women of the world often spend years honoring their skills and discipline their mind. Physicians, attorneys, and other professionals spend countless hours memorizing the facts. Why do some Christians believe they can get by with anything less? We got to discipline our body, our spirit, and our mind every day of our life. If, as we run in this race, Paul made the illustration here that it was a natural race that these Corinthians was used to, and that is what he patterned this particular subject on. God, none is inherit righteousness.
Therefore, as a child of grace, our spirit is disciplined is everything and everything. We must discipline our spirit day by day, hour by hour. If you don't discipline your spirit, you can't stay in shape with the Lord. Consider how men and women of the world, they dedicate themselves to their individual call. It seems a shame for a Christian to have less passion for the greatest call in the world. The call is to serve Jesus Christ. If a natural man can discipline his life to the call and the hardship to put his body to win a natural crown, how much more should we be able is to discipline our lives to win eternal life with Jesus Christ? And to win. Paul was no average Christian. He continued aspiration to the highest eyes in Christ Jesus. He wrote, I press toward the mark for the prize of a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul didn't want to be satisfied with where he was and just because he had been saved and baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, that was good, but that was not enough for Paul. Paul wanted to go higher, learn more about the depth and the mystery of Jesus Christ. But he knew in order to do that, he had to discipline himself. He had to make his body come under the authority of the Holy Ghost. As we successfully Authorizer invent music and athlete. Paul knew the, that greatness does not just happen. He wrote, I discipline my body and bring it under subjection. Greatness does not happen to any of us. We have to work. We have to put our mind and our body through something is it cause greatness to come. He said, when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. First Corinthians nine and twenty seven. I don't want to make a shipwreck of my life. I don't want to tell other people how to live for Jesus Christ. And not living for him myself. If I tell you tonight how to live for Jesus, I must be first partaking of that fruit. It is 
one may feel a common impression among us that we are fair, average Christians, a feeling perhaps not so charitable as to make us boast, but yet so charitable to make us feel content. The very meaning of Christianity was to inspire us with a spirit that would refuse to be so content. We don't want to be content. We want to reach for a higher height and a deeper depth. Paul is saying here, In Philippians, forgetting those things which are behind me, and I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before me. I press for the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3. 13 and 14. Listen as Paul says, I got to forget the thing that's behind me, the thing that I used to know, or the thing that I used to do. If I'm going to run this Christian race, or the thing that I used to have, I got to quit living in the past. And I got to look towards the future. And Paul was letting us know that forgetting what is behind us. And I find in this Christian life, many of us do not discipline our mind. Many of us do not discipline our body. We think of things of what we used to do and what we used to have. And we go back in our mind and we live off of the things what we used to do. But Paul says, forget, forgetting those things that's behind, that's behind you. The thing that is behind you cannot help you at your present day. One of mankind's greatest challenges is the ability and willingness to forget the pleasure of sin left behind at the altar of repentance. Man don't want to forget about the sin that he or she has left behind when they went to the altar and asked the Lord is to forgive them for all of their sins. They don't want to forget that. They want to keep the thoughts of the world still in their mind. The thoughts of what they used to do, they don't want to turn it loose. And this is why many cannot grow and really understand the death of Jesus because they're hanging on to the things that they remember. But Paul says, you got to forget those things 
that's behind you. You should have left them behind you at the altar when you went there and repented for your sin. Throughout their 40 years journey in the wilderness, the Israelites continued to look over their shoulder, regretting what they had left behind in Egypt. Now, when they were down in Egypt, they were crying and they were begging God to deliver them because they wanted to come out of Egypt. And when God did take them out of Egypt, they turned their mind right back into Egypt, remembering, amen, all the heartache that they used to go through, amen. They will remember that, but they, amen, God had freed them and put them, amen, in another land. But now, amen, they, they mind went back. So many Christians' mind has gone back into the world. They're holding on to Jesus, but they, their mind don't went back. And if your mind is going back, you're running a, a very ragged race. If your mind is going back, your body is going back. It takes a strong individual to run this race that I'm talking about. They have to be proud for every day and be about their father's business. You got to be strong mentally, physically, and emotionally. But if you're going to look back, like these Egyptians, they regret it. They looked back and they remembered the fishes which they did eat in Egypt. The fishes were freely. They remembered, amen, the fishes, amen, the cucumbers and the, and the millums and the onions, amen, and garlic. They remembered all of that, amen, delicious food they were looking back upon. And their mind turned back. You can't run this race. You are not disciplining yourself. If you're trying to run this race and you're looking back into the world and thinking on the things that you used to do, you're not going forward. You're being stagnated by your thoughts of what you used to do. But now our soul is drying away. There is nothing at all beside this manna. When God rained down manna from heaven, when they were out in the wilderness, and there was no food to be provided, God did a miraculous thing. He rained down fresh manna from heaven, and he allowed them to eat. But they was not satisfied. Somehow in their mind, they reversed history, and they remembered the abundance of food. 
at no cost. God fed them, fed them manna from heaven out in the desert. How quickly, how quickly they forgot the stain of the whoop. When they were in Egypt, they was getting whooped. But God done brought them out. Now, amen, they done forgot the stain of the whoop. The hour of toilet, they done forgot how long they had to work to make bricks strong. They done forgot. It's a bad thing to forget where the Lord has brought you from. And you think you're making it on your own. You think you're done the things, amen, that you're supposed to do on your own. Beloved, we're running a Christian race. But so many is forgetting how to run this race. They are discontinued, elapsed. Their appropriation for deliverance, the miracle on Mount Sinai soon became it's a regular, just a rule of a regulation. The table of stone to be carried around in a box, the pillar of clouds, and the pillar of fire became as common as the sun and the moon. All this miraculous miracle that God performed for them out in the wilderness, they soon forgot. They forgot. I'm afraid, amen, we are no better as the body of Christ today. We are soon easy to forget where the Lord then brought us from. But this is a race that we, 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 we that we are running, and there is only one to win the prize. It's causing us something to discipline our mind every day of our life. When you can see the world and went berserk, Amen. It causes us to discipline our mind. Their daily provision of manna from heaven became tasteless. Amen. When they didn't have no food to eat and the Lord rained down manna from heaven, they were glad to get, amen, manna from heaven. But amen, now it became tasteless. And they began to beg for flesh. They, they didn't want just manna no more. Amen. Give me some meat. God even gave them some meat. But they forgot they were running a race. Beloved, are you forgetting you running a race? Numbers 11, 4, uh, and 35. Paul knew that Christians must forget what they have left behind. Or uh, it would eventually track them down. 
If you don't forget what you've left behind, it's going to track you down. Many people lie, Christian lies today, amen, is on the conversation of what we used to do, how we used to live. But you got to forget those things which are behind you. And you got to press toward the mark of a higher calling in Christ Jesus. He knew every day would be, would not be a day of Pentecost. Where, where a thousand would be converted. Paul knew, amen, every day wasn't going to be like a day of Pentecost. He knew God wasn't going to constantly just work miracle after miracle. He knows that he's going to have to go through some trials and some tribulations. He knows that he had to discipline his mind and body every day to make it among his fellow brothers. He knew, amen, he was going to be shipwrecked. He knew he was going to be beaten. He had to strengthen himself for this task. Being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, Paul knew there would be a day with when he knew, amen, the potential of becoming complete with the blessing of God sooner or later. The eyes of the Christian looking over his shoulder would flex on the pleasure of the past and they would entice him. Don't 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 look back. Don't put your hand to the gospel flower and look back. Don't try to live a double life. Amen. Beloved of God, we have a goal that we must reach. But you'll never reach that goal if you're looking back into the world. In describing the members of the hall of of faith, the writer of Hebrews stated that each one of those great men and women of God was subject to some temptation to turn back. They were human like the rest of us. They were subject, amen, to some temptation to turn back. But they were anchored in Jesus. Their faith was to reach heaven. Their destiny was heaven. And they kept their mind on Jesus. That's why we got heroes of faith today. Because they disciplined their mind, their body, and their spirit. Truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out of, they might have an opportunity to have returned. If they would have, amen, been mindful of it, reaching for the gold, Believers, I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how stressed out you are. Continue in the reach for the goal. You got to amen, continue in the goal forward. 
Don't look backwards. Don't think about, amen, the thing that your body that already went through it and how people that already mistreated reach forward. Don't think about how stressed out you have been. You're going back into the past. You got to forget those things that is behind you. We all, amen. If we've been following Jesus, there has been a time in life, amen, we don't, we, we've been stressed out. We just feel like, amen, we can't take it no more. But you got to keep on running. You got to keep on running. Your legs are tired. Your arms are tired. Your body is first fine. Keep on running. It has been said that if an individual has no goals, he is certain to reach it. Paul had a goal. Paul had a goal in mind. Every born again believer tonight, amen, that's the only way to heaven, ought to have a goal in mind. And that goal, amen, is my destination is going to be eternal life with Jesus Christ. Paul had a goal, and he pressed toward it. He put himself into it. You're not going to get into heaven, amen, by just saying, I'm saved and sit out. There is much work that we must do. He pressed toward it faithful. He was faithful and pressing toward it. I'm sure, amen, many times Paul did not feel like traveling. I'm sure, amen, he felt amen, and many times he didn't feel like, amen, preaching the gospel, but amen, he had a goal to reach. Paul's body was like our bodies, amen. Paul's body suffered sickness. It suffered disease. But he had a goal to reach. Just because some kind of disease and hits your body, it should not stop you from pressing forward. Not only did Paul discipline Himself not to look back. But he fixed his eyes on the future. Put your eyes on the future. Amen. Look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith when you are struggling. Put your eyes on eternity. Don't put your eyes on what you are going through with. Put your eyes on eternity. I'm running a race. I'm running a race. He's taking all that I have out of me. But as long as God energized me, give me strength, I'm going to continue to run this race. Look to the future. Our future is heaven. Not this earth that is all messed up. All the people that are in this earth is all messed up. Our future is heaven, where there will be nothing but peace. He had a goal. 
And that goal was to win a prize of eternity with Jesus. I got to go. Amen. I got to go. I got to keep going. I can't stop. I can't depend on other people to win this goal for me. I got to do it for myself. Many times, as long as people are behind us and, and telling us we're doing good, amen, we'll try to press forward. But all oh, you got to press forward, amen, when there is nobody in sight. That's the time David said you got to encourage your own self. When there is nobody out there, to, amen, to fan you on, amen, to tell you you're not all right, you've got to know you know you know you're pressing toward the mark of a higher calling, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. With his goal in view, you got to have this thing in your view. Don't, amen, just live a life, but have a goal in life. I'm just to make it, amen. There's a song we used to sing, I'm going to make it to that city if it calls my life. Put this goal in front of you. Don't let nothing deter you. You'll help. Because if you're running, you're going to get tired. You're trying to make it to the finish line. That's what every believer is doing right now. Oh, we, we got a race on. And we're all trying to make it to the finish line. We're trying to make it to eternity. Paul did not consider early morning prayer, a late night preaching, a great sacrifice. He knew that once his he stepped on the streets of gold. He quickly would forget the pain of imprisonment. With Silas suffering with the same with the saints in Jerusalem, he knew once his feet stepped on the streets of gold. Amen. What what prisoner? Amen. What did prisoner really mean to me? It didn't mean very much to me when I had to suffer. Once he knew that this old mortal body was going to change and be changed into immortality, my God, he, he, he had a goal before him. Quit looking back, children. Press on. I believe Jesus endured the suffering of the cross. When he seen the outcome, when he seen the church coming, it gave him strength to bear the cross. Paul say, yea, doubtless, doubtless, and I counted all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb that I may win Christ, Philippians 3 and 18. Paul said, amen, I counted 
just for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, just to understand Jesus more. I count all of this worldly wisdom lost. I call it dumb. It's nothing to me. And Paul was a scholar of the Hebrews. He was a wise man. He was educated. But when he learned the knowledge of Jesus Christ, there was no comparison. I just want to know more about Jesus. The Ishmael, main athlete, they endured many hours of stress and training before winning the honor of being crowned with the wretch. If it was not for the goal of receiving the crown, the race, and the game probably never would have been occurred. In the business of our contemporary world, it is imperative that every Christian have the goal of eternal life with Jesus Christ clearly fixed in his mind. For where your heart for where your tragedy is, there will your heart also be. Matthew 6 and 21. Are you running the right race tonight? Because where your heart is, where your tragedy is, that's where your heart is. If your treasure is in the world, that's where your heart is. If your treasure is in following Jesus Christ, that is where your heart is. So, beloved, we must keep on running this race. We must live a victorious life. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Philippians 3 and 16. And in this verse, Paul spoke of obtaining and maintaining. It is one thing to reach a certain level, but it is still another thing to maintain that level. Are you maintaining the level of being faithful unto the Lord? You can reach it, but you got to keep on working. Just because the Lord, amen, exalted you and called you, amen, to go a little bit higher into the spirit, you can't stop there. Let's walk by the same rule. Amen. Let us mind the same thing. other words, believers, in Jesus Christ, let us all be of one mind and let us be all of one accord reaching this goal together. When engineers first developed the first jet, the game the pilot could ascend to a great height 
very quickly. But he couldn't maintain that height. It took years of engineering to develop an engine that could raise quick to an elevation of miles above the earth and maintain that elevation. It takes time for you to grow in Christ. We don't get there overnight. Paul spoke of a place whereto we have already obtained. A person often obtained to the level and initiative of repenting quick. Have you obtained that? If you sin, amen, you don't wallow in it. If you disobey God, amen, you immediately repent. Don't get in the mud like a hog or dog turned to his mama. But if you make a mistake, you immediately repent for it. A person may quickly repent when he is caught in the act of sin, convicted by the preaching of the evangelist, or while reading the conviction of the word of God. However, maintaining that state of repentance is another matter altogether. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. We got to live up to what we already have obtained. In Peter's conclusion, remark on the day of Pentecost, he stated, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assurance that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and God. Acts 2 and 36. Not only has God made Jesus both Lord and Christ, he also must become both Lord and Christ in our life. Is Jesus Christ ruling in your life? Is Jesus the ruler of your life? Sometimes we get uh, give admiration to Jesus and amen, say he's the head of our life, and people act like you don't really know what you're talking about. But if Jesus is not the head of your life, who is the head of your life? Who is ruling your life? He also must become the Lord, both Lord and Christ in our lives. Thank God for Jesus revealing himself to me one day. My time, amen, is running out from under me tonight, praise the Lord, but I'm talking about a living, a disciplined life. Living a disciplined life for Jesus Christ. Living victorious right here in this present world. God bless you, amen. Until next week, this is Dr. Moore and his staff saying God bless you. We love you tonight. Thank you for coming from Dr. Moore tonight about living a disciplined life. Now that you got some key words, you can try to see if you are living a disciplined life yourself. Tonight's message was super amazing. So until next week, we'll be back on again. All right, everybody. Good night. God bless and Godspeed. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.